0: friends, and welcome back to the latest series of In With the Old. Today, we are starting on a brand new series looking at the book of Ruth. It's going to be a great time. This is one of my favorite books. I think it's one of Dr. Tim's favorite books. And we're excited on this inaugural episode to invite you in to look at what this book is and kind of set out where we're going for here. In With the Old is a podcast focused on dispelling myths, building appreciation for God's word, and helping you rediscover the Old Testament for the life of faith. And we hope to really show you that in this series. I'm joined as ever by my co-host and by the captain who's going to be piloting our ship through the Book of Ruth. Dr. <laughs> Tim Howe. Dr. Tim, welcome to the new year and welcome to a new season. How are you doing?:
1: Hey, I'm doing great and uh and you know, some of our listeners may be asking. What are a couple of guys doing reading through the book of Ruth? Uh, but of course, we're going to bust some myths up front, right? Some people uh, have this misnomer that the book of Ruth is a book for women. And of course, that's mm-hmm. not true. Uh, as we think about Ruth, as you mentioned, Brian, this is one of our favorite books, in part because it's a book that, that truly is a uh, beautiful in terms of its narrative and its content but also uh, because of the richness we see of the faithfulness of God uh, throughout in his interaction with with his people with all of the characters in the book of Ruth so I'm doing well and I'm excited I'm ready to get into this because uh, this is God's word and uh and it, it's it's an absolutely incredible piece of art that we get to look at and uh, and hopefully allow it to transform our lives as we do so I'm I'm excited to get into it all right well let's do this yes. so
0: in today's episode tim our goal is to just kind of give us an overview of what the book is yes. and listeners each time we go to a new book the old testament our first episode will probably just do that help us get oriented to this text so tim what do we need to know as we get into
1: ruth okay so i i already kind of let the cat out of the bag a little bit when it comes to ruth I think there are a lot of misperceptions that, that we need to Hmm. uh, identify up front. Uh, and one of those is when people come to the book of Ruth, they tend to associate it a lot of times, uh, with, with women, or we're going to do kind of a ladies Bible study. And we're either going to pick Ruth or we're going to pick Esther. And, uh, (laughs) of course that's, that's that's totally wrong, right? When we think about Ruth, we're coming to this from the perspective of believing this is the word of God. Uh, and yet, as we think about Ruth, Ruth in particular has some features that we need to be aware of up front. So there's a, a high literary beauty to the book. We're talking about uh, essentially a, a plot that's developed in several different we could call them acts, we could call them movement, movements, and we might use some of that language interchangeably. But it, it's almost like a short story, but a short story that's really driving us uh, to a particular endpoint. And as we think about the book of Ruth, uh, it's full of a lot of different things. And Brian, maybe, maybe you can just point out some of those literary features that make the book of Ruth really satisfying uh, to the reader in a way that maybe some other books aren't, aren't quite as, as, as beautiful in that sense.
0: Yeah. So the book of Ruth is only four chapters long. It's kind of a short encapsulated story, Mm -hmm. Uh, Tim, the term I've heard thrown around with Ruth quite a bit is a novella, right? This kind of short form story that we're going to dispense with, say, some of the maybe unnecessary details like we might get in Genesis where it's a full history. Mm -hmm. But We're going to focus in on the development of characters. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I do like the term acts. This feels like a play. Each Mm -hmm. chapter is an act in the story, moving the characters across various settings uh, Mm -hmm. and setting up, I told Tim as we were setting up the series, a a Mm -hmm. kind of delightful playfulness. Uh, we're going to see throughout the book of Ruth that it is full of irony, humor, and wordplay. People's mm-hmm. names are either very true to their character or the opposite of their character. <laughs> we'll flesh that out a little bit as we introduce our characters, but we even yeah. have fun rhyme schemes. Mm-hmm. So, for example, uh, at the very end of verse 7 of chapter 1, our characters uh, hear that God has given food back to them. Well, in Hebrew, that's Latheth Lachem Lachem. Uh, it's a fun little like alliteration there. Uh, and mm. by the way, Hebrew poetry even doesn't usually rhyme or alliterate like that. Mm-hmm. So seeing little things like that, you realize that your author is playful, is fun, is trying to have us engage in the story in some maybe creative ways. In fact, part of the irony, we could even say the story begins with the characters leaving Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. Well, Bethlehem in Hebrew means house of bread and they're leaving because of a famine well that doesn't seem to be making a lot of sense so it's little things like this as we go through the story listeners you're going to see that the author is having a little fun but for a serious purpose it's using humor irony wordplay to highlight some of the key themes that the author wants you and i to pick up on about god his faithfulness and how people are to follow after him
1: yeah and and brian As we think about this, the author is trying to create something. And of course, we we believe in a human author, even as we believe it's inspired by the Holy Spirit. But the human author is really telling a very important story Uh, But in a way that's aesthetically pleasing, Uh, it's almost like, Brian, I don't know Mm. if you have people in your life that are just good storytellers that, uh, you know, me and my brother the other day, we both had been involved in a story. And uh, I started telling, I said, no, 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 this story deserves you to tell it because you're going to tell it better than I could. And as we think about the book of Ruth, the book of Ruth is an incredibly rich story, but it's it's incredibly well told. And from a literary standpoint Hmm. there are a lot of aesthetic qualities that we can appreciate and uh and and so we want to point that out up front also uh i I think it's important for us to to think about coming to the book of ruth understanding uh, understanding the narrative setting uh, of the book itself and we're going to talk about this a little bit more uh, in episode one so i don't want to spoil it completely but as we think about the book of ruth the book of Ruth assumes a moral backdrop, right? In the first few verses, it says, in the days when the judges judged. And so it, it's alerting the readers to the fact that this is a period in, in Israel's history uh, that that's a little bit like the Wild Wild West, uh, the Dark Ages, even if that's a misnomer, all kind of wrapped into one. There is no king. It's anarchic, right? There is no moral thread that everyone points to and says, yes, this is what we should do. So in the days when the judge is judged, alerts the reader to the fact that, man, this is, this is a time of chaos. And yet what we see is the hand of God moving amidst the chaos. And the reason I want to point that out here in our introductory episode is because it reminds us of the applicability of You know, uh, Brian and I, we we are both uh, students of the Old Testament. We we seek to to do and produce scholarship that's helpful uh, for our churches, for the academy. But if it's only in our head, if it's only like, oh, well, we read this book and we appreciate its literary features and it does nothing to actually impact our lives, uh, then we've wasted our time, truly. Uh, But if we can approach this and say, you know what? there are connecting points, there are bridges that that really allow us to see our lives and our space and our time and lessons and principles that we derive from the text. If that's what we're doing, under the, the power and the guidance of the spirit, this can be powerful and impactful. So we wanna go deep in our understanding. We wanna look at all of those nitty gritty details. We wanna look at all of the, the features that the author puts there for our enjoyment and to draw us in, but we wanna do so with an eye toward transformation. Uh, there's a dark backdrop in the world of Ruth. And in so many ways, there's a dark backdrop constantly in the world because it's broken. But of course we live in a, in a time where we have to know, what do we do in this time that God has placed us? So there's moral darkness when the judge is judged. As Brian mentioned in the first few verses, there's a famine, which means there's, there's a physical plight. There's a, a major problem that has to be solved. Uh, and I think we can find some, some good principles uh, when it comes to applying this to our life. Um, And then the last thing, what do we know about Ruth? There's some things that we know, some things that we don't. One thing that we know about the book of Ruth is that the end of the book of Ruth, as we think about the story developing, as we think about the crisis, as we think about the resolution of the crisis, it ends up pushing us toward the genealogy that we see at the very end of the book, which has to do with the Davidic monarchy, right? You have this lineage, Ruth to David. And so, Brian, maybe you'd like to say a a word or two about that and and how that impacts the way we read the book the the entire time.
0: Well, certainly. So the writing of Ruth and the authorship of Ruth are question marks, and there's a couple plausible suggestions that you can put in there. Mm -hmm. So the book obviously has to occur after the start of the Davidic monarchy, because David is going to be, right, the eventual end of this book, That this is his lineage. Mm -hmm. But the question is, how far after David has come to the throne is this book written and put into the canon? Mm -hmm. Well, that comes down a little bit to what you think the purpose of the book is. Mm -hmm. So the book itself claims no author, and that means we can't place it definitively in the timeline. Jewish tradition holds that Samuel is the author, which would put it fairly Mm -hmm. early in David's reign. But that's just a traditional view, it's not really based on anything we can point to in the text. Others have suggested that this book is written fairly late in the story of Israel and is actually written to be against Ezra Nehemiah and their Mm -hmm. proclamations against foreign intermarriage. And there's some logic behind that. This is a story where the foreignness of Ruth, she is Ruth the Moabitess. They never hide that fact that she is not a ethnic Israelite. Mm -hmm. Um, If that is the setting for which this book was written, then it is very late in the canon. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of one of the questions we're going to wrestle with and see, is this book trying to highlight David as a example and model king, despite having a non-Israelite ancestor? Or is this a book calling out some bad theology of late Israel? Mm -hmm. Or is it a mix of both? So we're going to have to wrestle with those as we go through the book to see some of these questions of dating and authorship. Uh, Some scholars have suggested because Ruth is a very well-written character, right? Mm -hmm. She's kind of fully fleshed, she has uh, autonomy, agency. Um, Some such as Milgram and Campbell suggest that this book maybe was written by a woman. Uh, That's an interesting suggestion. We aren't going to be able to weigh in much on that. Certainly men can write women very poorly, uh, but there are plenty (laughs) of examples of men writing women very well, likewise. Mm -hmm. So that's at least out there as a possibility, but not one that we can really have much evidence for one way or another. So what that means is we don't know a lot about the background context of dating and authorship. We'll have to keep that with a loose hand. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, I think we do have some more information about uh, the content of the book. And these question marks aren't really going to hurt us, Tim, as we go through this, are they?
1: No, not at all. And, And in fact, it's interesting, Brian, as I was looking at some various theories of the dating, uh, for our listeners there's a lot of different ways that that scholars sort of appraise that and try to figure it out some of it is based on the style of Hebrew mm-hmm. some of it's based on on even like words that are used uh, some of it's based on external evidence such as uh, the the uh, time of certain rituals in in the book itself mm-hmm. like the 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 Leveret marriage that we see uh, at the end of the book, or or the ceremony with the shoe. And there's a lot of different things, but here's what I found, Ryan, and this is what you have to just smile at as a student of the Old Testament. Uh, I looked through and saw theories of it being very early, that that Samuel is the author, and uh, I looked at theories saying it was not Davidic, but in the time of Solomon, theories about it being during the time of Hezekiah, theories about it being during the post exilic period, and so there are arguments <laughs> based on both internal and external evidence that, that people make for all of them. And I can't help but laugh because I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, Brian, that when, when we think of the takeaway of that, I think it's a reminder, these principles are so timeless that there's a case for it to be written in any of them. Why? Because truly, yeah. uh, this is the word of God, it, it speaks. And, uh, and as we think about it speaking, we have no clue when it was written. We have no clue by whom it was written. And that may be a slight over exaggeration, but I will say it because I'm a pastor and that's what we do. Uh, We have no idea. We have no idea who wrote it. We have no idea when it was written. And yet this has truly been uh, one of the gems of the Old Testament since the time that it was written, whenever that was, and has uh, been used by God to speak to his people, both men and women, uh, throughout the ages. And so uh, we don't know, but at the end of the day, uh this is one of those again uh words from god that that proclaims his faithfulness uh in so many ways to the most unlikely people in terms of ruth the Moabitess, to the most broken people in terms of naomi uh to the the people who maybe are behind the plow, just doing the the faithful deeds of God with someone like Boaz, who's just lived a life of faithfulness. In the end, God does something incredible that was unexpected. Uh, and of course, all of it leading to a plan that was beyond anything they could have imagined. Uh, it's an mm. incredible work and there's so much truth here. So uh, as we come to this, Brian, our introductory episode, and by the way, listeners, our, our goal for this season is to make these episodes uh, a little bit shorter. Uh, when it came to the Counterport series, we Brian and I like to talk, and we still like to talk. We still love to uh, you know debate some of these matters, but we're trying to make this a little bit more bite sized. You know, our 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 vision here is to have kind of a video commentary where we walk through the text together and we take it in manageable sizes. Uh, but as we kind of come to the end of this introductory. Uh, episode, Brian, can you give us maybe some spoiler alerts? Like what what are some misconceptions that you see about the book of Ruth that we want to say up front? Hey, if if you see it this way, you need to kind of take off that lens and, uh, and maybe have a fresh perspective. What do you see, Brian?
0: Well, so you've already alluded to one of them, Tim, and, and mm-hmm. I think that's, oh, this is a perfect book for women's Bible study. <laughs> and it certainly is, but if we relegate Ruth just to that, we miss some of the point. Uh, Ruth is a story of many things. It's a story of faithfulness to God from unexpected places. Mm -hmm. It's a story of those that are at a very precarious position within society, because this is going to be a story not just of two women, but of a foreigner in a foreign land who's a woman. Yeah. That's living right on the edge. If you want to talk about marginalized communities, that's what Ruth is. Yeah. So we have to deal right. with that element. We have to deal with, as you said, this story. One of the key points it's going to end with is this is the beginning of the line of David, and there we see the grand narrative of Scripture. We mm-hmm. see that in our lives we aren't even cognizant sometimes of where things are going in the plans of God, mm-hmm. uh, and we're seeing that there is much more going on than meets the eye at all times, and so this is a book that has much to offer all of us and so i'm hoping we we engage with that and wrestle with it it's a book that's going to challenge us in some ways too i think we're going to see people wrestling with real life this is a story of people uh tim i like how you put the background it is a morally and physically dark time Mm -hmm. well that makes it very applicable because guess what i feel like that's often where we find ourselves (laughs) in difficult places And so this is a story not of people with halos over their head floating a couple feet off the ground, cruising through life. This is people going through the worst of it and finding God and living for God in the midst of that. Uh, And so this is a perfect book to take off those Sunday school eyes we brought up before and see a story of people living in the real and broken world and doing what they can to follow God in the midst of it. So that's what I'm excited for. I'm hoping this will kind of shake uh up and maybe pull off some of the blinders that we all have as we come to the text tim what's a a misconception that you maybe see that you're hoping to dispel through this series
1: yeah well i want to just register my amen to you first of all and then uh and just to say when it comes to the book of ruth the book of ruth is not a romance novel Right. This is not something that that we look to to say, oh, well, this gets our heart pounding because you have this, you know, heroine who meets the hero. And and, and no, it, it really has little, if anything, to do with romance in the way that we think of it as 21st century Americans. Mm-hmm. And and again, the reason I think that's important to say is those are the kinds of stories that that sell right in our culture. Uh, but, but we would do a huge disservice if we try to import our cultural values and even our cultural appetites on the story, because if we do that, it will actually cause us to miss the deeper and better things that God does have for us. Um, and so in a story like this, and in, in, in every story, in, in every jot and tittle of, of the word is inspired, but in a story like this, we have got to be very, very careful to pay close attention to every detail, because every detail mm-hmm. speaks to something important the author wants to draw our attention to, which again, is what makes it so satisfying as a story. And, uh, and as we think about the faithfulness of God, the faithfulness of God is constantly working behind the scenes in ways that you won't see unless you pay very careful attention. So this is not a romance novel. If that's what you're interested in, there are many of those, uh, and you can go seek those. But when we think of the book of Ruth, this is the word of God given to us under the inspiration of the spirit for our edification. And, uh, and I can't wait to dive into it with you, Dr. Brian. It's going to be a joy. So I hope listeners, yeah. you're ready.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a fun ride. Uh, listeners, we invite you back next week as we get into the text itself. As Dr. Tim said, we're trying to put these as more bite sight commentary on the text so, next week, we're jumping into Ruth chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. We're setting the scene and we're going to see, as Tim said, details matter, names matter, and this story is going to set itself up in a really interesting way. We hope to see you there. Welcome back to In With The Old this year. And as always, friends, we hope in 2024 you stay old and stay cool. Have a good one.